in the morning when you want the news you need the front page every hour on the press box nothing's writing on this except the uh, first amendment the constitution freedom of the press and maybe the future of the country not that any of that matters and now the news Robin Leonard returned to practice for the Golden Knights yesterday. Pete DeBoer said he is day to day. That's better than being on the horizon. Better than being on the horizon. Okay. He's out there skating. Yes, absolutely. Um, they play a back-to-back Friday, Saturday. You think he's ready to go and plays one of those? I'll say he plays Saturday. Uh, so uh, Friday's at Arizona. And Saturday's Colorado. Colorado here. I'd go the opposite. I'd play him against Arizona. I just, I just saw back against. Yeah, I just take the loss against Colorado. I'd just be like, yeah, whatever. We're we're gonna lose that one, but we're gonna play Leonard against Arizona. We're gonna win that one, right? That's what I'd do. I'd just take the loss against Colorado. Say, sorry, Brossois, we're playing on our back-to-back against the best team in the league. We're not winning even if Leonard's in there. So I just take the loss, and but I'd play Leonard on Friday if he's he's ready to go. Right, and that's the assumption here. Is yeah, Logan Thompson wasn't on the ice yesterday. Yeah, I mean, is he back down in Henderson? goalie skates on Wednesday, you generally believe he'll be ready to play on Friday. I think that's a fair uh, assumption by most people at this point. So that's that's what I would do. Um, poor Logan Thompson, by the way. Comes up, has a really good game. Get him some more like time. Like you said, though, who was it against? Game. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Good point. Good point. Sharks don't count. That's why they started Logan Thompson. He's really yes. good against the AHL and they played an yeah, AHL exactly, team. Exactly. So. Could have been down in Henderson. Good point. Step back one legged. What kind of shot is that? Have you ever shot that shot? Do you work on that shot? Win. That's like three years old, but I love it, and I'm so glad it's now officially a part of the show. It's phenomenal. <laughs> Patrick Ewing's the best for that. All right. Pacific Division race, by the way, in the NHL. Both Edmonton and L.A. played yesterday. Edmonton lost to Tampa, but the Kings beat the Coyotes, which means the L.A. Kings are just a point behind the Vegas Golden Knights for the number two spot in the Pacific Division. Edmonton remained three points back. And Ed, this is this is usually it's hard to say this. They've all three played the same amount of games. We don't have to do points percentage. We can just do total points because they've all played the same amount of games at 51. But it is the Golden Knights leading LA by one and Edmonton by three. Worried? Uh, worried? No, not hey. worried. Well, what happens when they lose Friday and Saturday? I think they should be more concerned about those behind them than, the, than that in front of them. Yes. Ten straight for Calgary. I don't know if that's going to be doable. I mean, it's only four points, but again... Calgary's playing really, really well. Uh, I'd be more, I'd be looking behind me before I'd be looking in front Absolutely. of me. Absolutely, um, might be. Well, we'll see. But might be fair to say at the moment, division is Calgary's. Like, yeah, we'll see if they go on a stretch where they lose five out of six, seven out of eight, or something like that, and then Golden Knights will be right back in it. But for now, division looks to be Calgary's. Uh, you know, I can't tell you that. Jared, are you okay? My face hurts. Okay. You were just holding the energy drink up to your mouth to be an ice pack for your tooth? Yeah. yeah okay. I have a sinus infection, and it's causing severe tooth pain. Okay. All right. There's a listener. A little, little concern. You're... There's a listener right now like, man, this has been a really good show. That Jared guy hasn't talked very much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is a fun story. Marshall is suing Conference USA to leave. Um, they filed a lawsuit against the conference they're currently in because they're trying to get the hell out of Conference USA. Marshall, Old Dominion, and Southern Miss all announced plans to leave Conference USA on June 30th and become members of the Sun Belt. But Conference USA 
in February, Conference USA, this February, Conference USA put out their football schedule for 2022 with all three schools included on it. So Conference USA was like, you ain't going anywhere. And so now Marshall is suing the conference to try to get out. I don't know who has the the legal high yeah, ground I, here. I, we have no idea what the conference I don't, contract. Right I don't say. know, but it is great that you have three schools that say we're leaving and the conference say, the hell you are. Here's your schedule. See you in August. And now the school, at least one of them, Marshall know. is suing them. They back. should all be sued for stupidity because they're going to the Sunbelt. How about you say it's falling apart? Sunbelt's going to be better than Conference USA. That, I mean, oh. it's not so much about this wasn't about, oh, the Sunbelt's going to make us better. This was, oh, if we stay in Conference USA, we're not going to have a conference anymore because <laughs> the conference, conference USA got picked apart is ultimately what happened here. So it's more about survival and finding a place to go. I, I don't know what the contract says. Sometimes it has pretty specific language about when you can move. But usually you can usually I think pay to get out. Good, good attorneys are going to get them out of right. it and they're just going to leave. Right. I would guess so too. If a school doesn't want to play belt, in a conference. It, wouldn't it be cool if you're Marshall and you have games on both conference <laughs> schedules? Like, wait a minute, that's that's too many games. We can't play all those games. We're conflicting like nine weeks. Yeah, until they go, how much money for CBS Sports Network? Uh, all right, we're playing. Yeah, you're, you're doing two games in a week. Oh, I do. I'm, I'm trying to find it. I don't see that the Sun Belt has unveiled their schedule yet. So we need them to, though, and put all three of those teams in their games as well. Because <laughs> that'll be fun. Is, are we going to hit the point, and I'm saying in like 20, 30 years, if there still is college football, are we going to hit the point where like all the teams basically, ha- like there is no group of five because the power five have expanded or just like, yeah, Marshall is in the southeastern <laughs> Like it's Marshall and Alabama in an <laughs> SEC Week 52 matchup. Yeah, at least we'd see it. <laughs> at least we'd watch it. Uh, Daddy had a breakaway. Speaking of, Colorado State beat Wyoming last night, 61-55. Uh, it was supposed to be on CBS Sports Network. They missed over 30 minutes of the game. They did not pick it up until after the 10-minute mark of the second half because. The game on CBS Sports Network before was Providence Xavier. That game oh, that's a good game. went into triple overtime. Uh, also had a 16-minute delay because the roof was leaking. Yeah, water on the court. So you had a 16-minute delay in regulation, and then they managed to find a way to play three more overtimes, leading to Colorado State and Wyoming not being on television until I think it was seven or eight minutes left in the second half. I obviously didn't read the rundown because this is I had this whole thing planned for 9:45. No, oh, I've got good highlights. Work. Good work. Yeah, yeah. We, can, we can still do it at 9:45. That'll be fine. I threw the uh, squeaky toy uh, remote. <laughs> and should I have been that upset that I couldn't watch Colorado State Wyoming? I'd been waiting all night for that game. I wanted to watch those two teams. I hadn't seen much of Wyoming, uh, so I really wanted to watch that whole game. And I kept turning back. You know, I do the weird uh, superstition thing. So if I turn on another channel, I wait for a minute to turn it back and think it's going to be that game. And I kept turning back, and then that kid hit the three to the force third overtime, yes. and and the remote went. At that point, I'm like, you got. I was so praying it was a two, but then you see the replay is like, no, it's a three. Um, at PTs for UNLV Nevada, the game on before was Boise State San Diego State, and that wasn't of, too bad. It can't. Well, no, no, they, it got over in time. Right. Uh, they cut. They had the whole UNLV game on. But the the uh, the best cheering part of that game was when the game did before did not go into overtime because it was a close game. There was a chance oh, it went yeah, into overtime, yeah. and 
kid the, misses a free throw. The best cheers were the game not going in yeah. overtime so that we would see the actual start of UNLV. Because here's the thing. We talked about this before the show. The problem for CBS Sports Network and the Mountain West here is they don't have a second channel. So, for example, if, if the Mountain West television deal was with ESPN and this game was scheduled to be on ESPN2 and the game before it goes into triple overtime, Colorado State and Wyoming would have been broadcast on ESPNU or ESPN they News. Played. They would have moved a game. Now, less people have that. That would still screw some people because not everybody gets ESPNU and ESPN News. Right. But a lot of people still do. It would still be on television. For CBS Sports Network, they don't have another chance. There's not a CBS Sports Network 2. And as far as I can remember off the top of my head, CBS, the only other like real channels they own are like Nickelodeon. So, like, conceivably, they could put them on, like, Nick Jr. Hold or something on. like they that. They have the Paramount Network. Which is still online, and that's the problem here. No, no, is... you, no, no, that's an actual network. It's got, I believe, it Bar Rescue and Yellowstone. Okay, so they could put it on that. But... Yellowstone. Huh? <laughs> Ed's trying to find Wyoming kind of say, oh, I'll watch Yellowstone exactly. instead. For but five minutes. That's, I, the, actually, that's the problem. It'd be a really good idea for them to just be like, flip over to Nickelodeon. No, no, flip over to Nick Jr. Yeah, it'd be funny. But that's the problem: is CBS doesn't have a CBS Sports Network two to put flow, uh, right. you know, overflow oh, games over, on. Exactly. You can only go online. Now, I personally don't have a problem because I can find it online, and I, you know. But yeah. I understand for it's it's a lot harder. No and chance. It's a lot harder to watch. So, no so, chance. I hit the Barco lounger and the laptop was in the office. <laughs> There's no chance I was going to get that laptop. I didn't want to watch it that bad. I wanted to watch it bad. But I didn't want to watch it that bad where I went searching online. For You'll it. throw the fake remote, but not get out of the chair. I threw the fake remote from the chair. <laughs> I. <laughs> so yes, you're exactly right over there. Have you trained? Have you trained any of the animals to go get the fake remote and bring it back to you so you can throw it again? We're out of animals right now. Oh, but we are. We are contemplating. That is a hell of a way to phrase it, Ed. Jesus <sighs> Christ, we're out of animals right now. <laughs> we're contemplating bringing a few in. <laughs> I thought I was under the impression there were constantly pigeons in your house. Not in, but right outside the door <laughs> waiting, for us, waiting for us to feed them, which makes the neighbors very, very upset because they're everywhere. Yes. We, we, we appreciate life at our house. I'm, I'm just going to see how long he'll go. Next question. Did I tell you about the baby bird we saved in our backyard? Good for you. This is Good like for you. two years ago, but we have a tree in our backyard yeah. and birds. They fell made out. a little nest and had a bird and had a baby and it fell out. Mm-hmm. Or they, we Googled it. They push them out apparently. Um, this bird could not fly. Right. No. And it was stuck in our, our back wall on our side of the wall and was just sort of hopping around in our backyard. We had to like make sure our dogs didn't need it. Guarantee one of them would have eaten that thing if they had seen it. Um, we at one point had like little vines and like the bird would finally would hop high enough, would go up in the little vines and sit there and hide for the majority of the day. Finally flew away. We finally, we, we would see it eventually like trying to fly and it would get a few feet off the ground and then straight back down under the earth. But yeah, we, uh, we had to make sure our dogs didn't eat it. Yeah. It's great. When I was a kid, we had a dog that. Gen- well, we had like three dogs, but one of the dogs, a bird fell out of the tree and he like just sort of went like, all right, this is my, this is mine now. And the other dogs would try to eat it and he would like get mad at them. And it was genuinely the most confusing thing in the world that it- one of our dogs was like, I have found a baby. He is my baby now. We've saved so many birds at the house. We have people from the station bringing birds over. Wait, people from here bring you birds? 
Uh, we had a person bring us a bird in a, in a well, we put him, when we save him, we put him in the shoebox, have the light and everything. I mean, she's got it down to a science because she saves anything that's, you know, hurt and living. So someone found out about that at the station and called and said, hey, I've got this bird. I don't know what to do. Was it like their pet bird? No, it was, it was like a saved, it was like what okay. you said. Yeah. Was, the bird fell out and the bird was hurt and um, did something to the wing, but brought it over to the house and uh, nursed it back to health. And then the person was stoked because then they could show their, their child uh, what it's about. Man can't shop on Amazon. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> but, I can. But, hey. Pigeons got a broken wing. We got it handled. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Set up the OR. (laughs) The best, actually, the best part of when that bird was in our backyard, the parents would stand on our back wall and and watch watch it while, like, when it would try to fly or whatever. If we came outside while they were watching, they would fly at us. Like, they would, like, they would, like, swoop at us. Yeah. Yeah, They, they, like, hit one of our dogs one time because our dog was just outside and the bird was there or the baby was there and one of the parents, like, Dive bomb my dog. Wow. Yeah. yeah that was that was the funniest it's part. It's funny that like, they push our, it out, but then they right, care about it. Like at one point, like we could not go in our backyard because we'd get attacked by a couple of birds. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, it's your backyard now. Good for you. I just enjoy the idea of we pushed it out of the nest. Maybe a little too early. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, now we're going <laughs> to but, but hey, we're going to keep watch. No, come on. You can do it. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, we'll jump into some UNLV basketball. Bryce Hamilton, Jordan McCabe, Mike Nuga, and company. As Bryce will shoot a three, that's off the mark with under 10 seconds to go. Reno with the ball. The Rebels will win their third straight. Sherfield with a final lob underneath to Washington. And that's the way it'll end. 62-54, the runner Rebels with the victory. They sweep the season series from Reno and will head home on a three-game winning streak. They have won nine conference record goes to nine and six on the season their overall record now 17 and 11. it's the press box with graney and bischoff on espn las vegas before we get to some of the running rebels uh the lady rebels last night clinched at least a share of the mountain west title because new mexico who's number two in the conference uh lost which means lady rebels have three games left in the regular season, if they win any one of those three, they are going to be the one seed in the Mountain West tournament. They are 14 and one on the season in conference play. It's highly likely that they win at least one of those right. last three and will be the one seed in the Mountain West tournament. Um, as we've talked about before, though, the slight small hope of them getting in at large bid, they have to win all three of those games to have any hope. Yeah. But most likely, even if they were to just win out, lose the Mountain West Tournament Championship, that one loss in the Mountain West Tournament Championship would probably be enough to sink any at-large hopes for the Lady Rebels. They're going to have to win three games in three days, but they will get to do it from the one seed, most likely. Eh, most likely. Did you see, I'm sure you did if you watched Colorado State Wyoming last night, the the list of last regular season titles? Yes, and what Colorado State hasn't done it since they were in the WAC in like the mid-90s. I was more... And I, maybe I shouldn't be surprised that UNLV's 20, 
2000? They haven't won a regular season. Yeah, That's what I'm saying, regular season they've, title. They've What is it? They've never won a regular season Mountain West title? Or they won like the first one or two or something? Right, because I, think, they haven't done the, that I think the score, the, t- the league might have been 99. Yeah, right. So they they won an early one, and that's it. Yeah, they haven't won one in a very, very Man, long time. That is time. a long time. Uh, Kevin Kruger won a couple of Mountain West tournaments. Yes. No, they've uh, won tournaments. I've been at those, but. They have not won the regular season in a very, very long time. I mean, I, I literally had drought. to blink and like stop the TV. I'm like, <laughs> is that right? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of crazy that they've and that so many other teams have actually done it. Yes, Mountain West too. That you've seen other teams kind of even if it's for just one season, rise up, have one or two great seasons, win the conference. You know, he hasn't had that. They've had a lot of good teams since then. They've had yeah. a lot of teams that have been top two, top to the three. NCAA tournament. They've won Mountain West tournaments, but they, they hell, they went to the Sweet Sixteen. But they haven't actually won a conference in a very, very long time. So Lady Rebels, though, are about to do that. Uh, two or three years ago, they won a share of the Mountain West title as yes. well. But they were the two seed. They lost the tiebreaker. Um, this I think year, they might have lost the first round to uh, Reno. I think they did as well. Yeah, I think they did. Um, but this year, they should be the one seed. They should win it outright with a single win the rest of the way. Have their own conference championship and... Then for them, it becomes winning three games in three days and guaranteeing they go to the NCAA tournament. Because the good news for UNLV, the Lady Rebels, is that if they do win the Mountain West tournament, they're going to get a decent seed, right? They're going to get a 12 seed, maybe could sneak as high as 11, right? Whereas if anybody else in the Mountain West wins that tournament, uh, they're getting a 14. 14 or, yeah. New Mexico's pretty good. Maybe New Mexico gets like a 13, but like... Anybody else in the conference yes. wins it, it's like a 14-15 seed. And you're like, oh, we're here to lose by 40. But if you get a 12, upsets aren't as common on the women's side, but they, they've they been happening more and more uh, the last few years. You, you can win if you're a 12 or 11. There's a there's a real path to winning a uh, an NCAA tournament game yeah. for Linear Rock. But that, again, requires them pretty much winning out the rest of the way. So 14-1 and one to 17-1 and one and then 3-0. and oh. in con- Which, by the way, that would be a 20-1 and one conference record if you include the conference tournament. That's absurd. Like, that's yeah, an absurd yeah. record to put up. And the only loss they have so far is a three-point loss to New Mexico. And still. Yeah. And not going to get in if they don't win the tournament. That's it. Um, some UNLV basketball news. Uh, on the recruiting side, this is a potential big one. Kylan Boswell is going to announce his decision on Monday, February 28th. So, after the weekend, Kylan Boswell is announcing his decision of where he's going to go. His final three schools are Illinois, UNLV, and Arizona. There is also a fourth option of where he goes to the G League. That's apparently on the table as well. I, I hope he has a four hats and he puts on a G League hat instead <laughs> of one of these colleges. But that's apparently an option as well. He might decide simply to not go to college and go the G League route. Um, however, most people think he's going to college. He is. Here's why Kylan Boswell is important. He's a top 15 player. Not 50, not 100. We're not talking about like four-star guy that, yeah, he's got some decent offers. He's a top 15 player, five-star recruit. He is in the class of 2023 though. So like if he commits to UNLV on Monday, he would not be playing for UNLV next season. You'd be waiting another year. Long time. Right. So UNLV, Arizona, Illinois. Oh, he's an Arizona kid. Arizona is the favorite. I think 24 seven has their prediction is he's going to Arizona, that he's going to make the announcement to Arizona and go to Arizona. So Arizona appears to be the favorite here. They're also having a phenomenal season, um, which obviously helps as well, or maybe hurts because, Hey, there's too many kids coming back. Um, But UNLV's got a shot. I mean, to be in 
three is yeah. you, you got to have yeah. at least somewhat of a shot, even if most people think it's Arizona here. This would be, and again, there is a a gap here of when he's actually able to come to UNLV because he's not a high school senior yet. But this would be a massive recruiting win for oh, Kevin absolutely. Kruger. And this is the interesting part of, of recruiting now. If you're UNLV and you have any shot at one of these like top 30 kids, you're taking it. But if kids are kind of outside the top 30, 30 might be too high. Maybe outside the top 50, top 75, you maybe aren't taking the kids because you can get players in the transfer portal. Now you're, there's going to be more guys that you True. can get to play right away in the transfer portal. So like, this is the type of guy you get that could come in conceivably as a freshman and make a massive impact right away. And I would be willing to guess UNLV's pitch to Kylan Boswell has been, well, you're the man. There's 38 minutes for you every right, night. Exactly. So like, well, if you want two minutes to catch your breath in the first half, you got it. But there's right. 38 minutes for you every single night. Whereas, Hey, you go to Arizona. Eh, they're, they're really good. You might be on the bench to start at Arizona, but that this is the type of kid that you absolutely can recruit and say, Hey, we're giving you 40 minutes. You come to UNLV. You're, you're the unquestioned starter right away. And we're good to go from there. Whereas at Arizona, it's not that anybody outside of that top 15, you might not recruit as hard at the moment, simply because if they're not an instant impact freshman, you don't need to go after them right. I wonder who the, uh, assistant was and wh- whose ties it was uh good question someone someone has some ties to arizona yeah, to the kid good question on kylan boswell yeah um what they they went hard with the big 12 guys who has the best does kevin krueger have the best arizona pacific that ties? i don't know he's i mean he's got assistants who are who all have areas and aau contacts and uh but this is a really good one to be in the final three um and again a lot of these are contacts because you have two West Coast schools and then Illinois. Yes. So that's kind, yes. of, kind of strange. How did Illinois sneak in there? That's an interesting one. They, they got in there. Maybe it's uh, what? Brad Underwood. Relationships. Yeah, Brad Underwood doing a good job there. I've got to go find. You know what I need to do? I need to go find where Kylan Boswell has talked about these schools in the past and see which ones are most like family. Oh, they're all family. They're all like I family. Yeah, if you're in the top three, you got to be like family, yeah, they're right? they're all like family. Yeah, you can't, you can't not be like family. It's like the Olive Garden. <laughs> Are they family? No, when you're here, you're family. Oh, sorry. I Sorry, that's my bad. I didn't know the Olive Garden slogan here. I don't think it's been their slogan for okay. many years. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, here's a two sentences on UNLV. Coach, uh, we, figured we answered your question too. Coach Brandon Chappelle okay. and Coach Kevin Kruger. Coach Kruger is from Champaign, too, and I've been talking to him recently trying to set up a visit to come down there. So this was uh, quite a while ago. Uh, Let's see what he said. Coach Brad Underwood is my guy. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I always Uh text him. I definitely like their program a lot. Um, I don't see. Oh, he's a he's a native of Illinois. That's why Illinois oh, exists. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, but he okay. plays. He's in he's in Arizona now. He's in, at a prep school in Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say if he's from Champaign, he also knows that Champaign Urbana. If you're a college, like if you're a good player for the Illinois team, you don't pay for things. Uh, here's what he said about Arizona. I like their fast paced offense. Tommy Lloyd, uh, the coach there, is kind of the mastermind behind the Gonzaga offense. Mm. They can score the basketball. Tommy is my guy. Boy, there's a lot of guys. He's got a lot of people that are his guy. So Um, wait, Kevin wasn't a guy? 
He no, well, they, he, he hadn't come from this, Champagne. This was pre-visit. This was pre-visit oh. to UNLV. Well, Kevin's got to be a guy. So I got I got to find an older. I got to find a more recent yeah. one here. He did. He did not say family about any of these schools. Does he know what's happening here? Does he know what he's supposed to say, right? Like this is this is absurd. You got to call somebody a family. <laughs> he, I'm seeing a docu-series in this kid. He's big time. He is. Maybe maybe he's waiting to commit to call it a family. Maybe on Monday when he puts on a hat, he'll be like, you know, the G League has always been like family to what's me. What's like the, a, the L.A. team of the G League? And he puts that on, and it's a logo, and everyone goes, what's that? Huh? What's that, huh? Is that a junior college? Where are you going? All right, coming up next, Darren Millard, maybe, joins the show. Darren Millsy Millard. Mallard. Millsy. I... I have heard that that the new nickname for Darren Millard here at Lotus Broadcasting is Millsy. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Hello, Millsy. You have the day off today? Well, not. Well, not technically. Well, but you're not you're not doing VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas today. Well, I thought we were, but uh, maybe that's changed. Oh. No, jeez. Pretty I, sure they are. You probably better find out. Yeah. They haven't it, it, for two days. Oh, wow. Just, yeah, you don't it, even know when you are. It's a fluid situation. Um, all right. Let's uh, I'd like to have that for this. I know. Let's do a show. Let's like do a fluid. Very, oh, listen to him. You, you take off every third week. and, <laughs> and this is a, I've been doing this for two years, and this is the second time we've talked. <laughs> it's not true. It's the fourth. All right. Uh, very serious question for you. Uh, I need you to give us a breakdown, whether you think it's good or not. Jack Eichel's nickname being Ikes. Oof. Uh, yeah, that's that sounds good. It doesn't sound very good. You sound un- unconvinced that Ikes is a good nickname. Ikes. Well, Ikes is just, it's just, uh, <laughs> you can call him Jack. I don't know. <laughs> E, I, I guess E. J. Yeah, there's there's not much they could have done with it. Usually they just add an a, yeah. a, an L Y, which is really yeah. which is really strange. The whole well, the whole nickname thing's strange. But this I, this I, is probably I as close as you could get. You love the nicknames, don't you? Yeah. You love the nicknames. Yeah, I love oh, nicknames. Brutal. But I, uh, yeah, that one's uh, it's, it's 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 you're you're limited in what you do unless you go totally off the board with something random. Like Corey Perry's nickname uh, is Worm. Uh, oh no! Totally, totally random and different and uh, um, off the board. So uh, I, I think you'd, you'd almost have to go somewhere like that, where where you're just uh, bringing something else into play. Would Jack Eichel be offended, or would he find it humorous if people started calling him Neck? Uh, oh uh, yeah, I, I, I would say that that would make me feel great. I just, just ask. Him, <laughs> don't ask. Don't We're, call him Necker because that's too close to Nabber. Oh boy, Nabber. Oh, Nabber. Oh, oh, oh yeah, Nabber. Oh, oh. Nabber. Nabber's a good one. I like Nabber. Uh, Jack Eichel's middle name is apparently a hyphenated John Robert. Should we call him Johnny instead? No, JR. Oh, there you oh, go. There's your nickname. There's your nickname. JR. JJR. No, that's a mouthful. JR's better. Yep. John yeah. Robert. Wonder why yeah, it's hyphenated John Robert. I, I, I love, I love, well, it's probably parents' names on, on both, both sides. sides. Yeah. 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 Do you? Uh, my second daughter's that uh, exact uh, situation, so uh, I'm, I'm living that. Do you believe Robin Leonard's off the horizon? 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, based on on practicing, I, I think it's uh, it's a, it's a great sign, and uh, and we're we're going to see him. I don't know whether we see him tomorrow, uh, and then putting him in against Colorado is a, a tough ask. But um, based on if he if he practices again today, uh, I would think that he plays again uh, this weekend. But that's just me guessing and, and reading the tea leaves uh, because Logan Thompson wasn't Logan Thompson did some work before practice yesterday uh, still with the team but I, I would think that uh, that we're pretty close on uh, that was a, that was a great sign yesterday seeing seeing Robin Leonard out there uh, in, in a full practice and that yesterday was as hard a practice as the National Hockey League team is going to have this year outside of like a, a coach just putting the pucks in the in the pail and and skating them they did a lot of work yesterday, and it was high tempo, and it was long. Uh, so, so Robin Leonard was out there for the whole thing. That's a great sign. We'll see how he reacts, and uh, 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 hopefully, we see him again today. But, uh, but that's a that's a great sign, and I think we see him soon. Um, what's more impressive, Max Pacioretty scoring from the wall, or Max Pacioretty remembering the exact last time he scored from the wall? Well, compared to other players. Scoring from the wall is more impressive because you can't do that. You, you just don't do that from from that spot. I don't think James Reimer had any idea that Max Pacioretty was thinking about, it. and that's on James Reimer because Pacioretty is a shooter, and uh, Reimer should have been ready for it. So scoring from that spot, and it was a beautiful shot, perfect shot. Uh, the memory is uh, impressive, but players and athletes remember those things absolutely. The, the, the interesting part was that uh, Patrick remembered it was the second yeah. game of a back-to-back <laughs> and against Miami of Ohio, and it was on the near side of the board. Now, he also said, look it up. So he knew that video existed, <laughs> uh, which uh, gave us a hint. And I think the more impressive part, the most impressive uh, aspect of this whole conversation is that Ben Goats found it. Yeah. Yeah, he found it. Video in the media room yes. before the next player even came in. He's that, a pro. Like from from a from a research standpoint, Ben owns this story. He's a pro. He's yeah. a pro. Do you remember every time you have spun a shutout or stopped Pete DeBoer in rec league hockey? <laughs> I I do remember every time. <laughs> it never happened. Oh. Uh, oh come on! All right, uh, hey, no pizza score, pizza score. I I, I I don't even feel bad about it. Score, what's he, scoring. What's he scoring from the wall on you? No, he's not scoring from the wall. Okay. He's a, he's a he's a home plate in the paint type of guy. Oh, <laughs> he's just he's got to score like dirty, dirty, dirty goals. goals. Yeah. Dirty goals. Oh yeah. Somebody, yeah, else, does somebody else does all the work. Yeah. Somebody else does all the work, and he taps home the rebound. Yeah, I forgot the greasy word. Oh, <laughs> greasy goals. Uh, it's a shame. It's a shame. Um, all right. How how worried do you think the Golden Knights should be about Edmonton and the Kings? Uh, who are the Kings are one point behind Edmonton, three points behind, and they've all played the same amount of games. So there's no games in hand to worry about at the moment either. Yeah, I, I think you're concerned about that, but you're also uh, optimistic that you you're still missing five regulars and uh, you're, you're keeping pace. Uh, that's that's the, the great part about about this team is that they've been able to do that. But uh, in, in a playoff race, now that everybody's equal and you see where you're standing, yeah, you're you're 
I'm probably less worried, more engaged in a playoff battle. Uh, I'd be more concerned about the uh, Edmonton Oilers because they've got two of the best players in the world. Uh, and it looks like they've somewhat uh, got things rated, although it's still a little bit uh, up and down uh, in the last couple of games. But uh, that that's where I would be. I'll, I'll be really curious to see what L.A. does at the trade deadline. There's some talk about adding uh, some, some top-end talent and, and getting um, into this thing uh, from an, an acquisition uh, standpoint. If they do that, it could make uh, the, the the stress drive really, really uh, dramatic. Uh, but but Edmonton would be the team that I've uh, they're, they're the team that I had my eye on from the start of the year, uh, and and that hasn't really changed just because they can they can go on a heater just by scoring nine goals a night, especially when they trade for Marc Andre Fleury. Yeah, I you know, there's two other teams that I keep hearing about. Uh, one's a dark horse that's kind of just entered the conversation, and that's Minnesota. Uh, even though they've got the all-star in, in Cam Talbot, they're going to face some some real tough situations with the cap in the next couple of years, and this might be their season, even though they're in the tough central and they'll have to get through Colorado and then whoever comes out of the Pacific to get uh, to a championship series. Uh, and the other one is, is one that, uh, that has really been front and center, even more so than Edmonton, and that's Washington Capitals. So you would be looking behind you more so than looking in front of you with Calgary. Uh, no, no. Uh, I think you're uh, you're insinuating something uh, from what I said. Uh, I'm still absolutely <laughs> uh, focused on the uh, on the Calgary Flames and, and, and chasing them down. I, on, I think on. that's the goal of this team, and and that hasn't wavered at all. I got, um, I got the I, I, and, I, and I still think that they can uh, that uh, that they'll finish first. I. I truly believe that the Calgary um uh it, all, all the credit in the world to them and then they've got better with with Tyler Toffoli but uh let's uh let's see what uh what Vegas can well, do when we start getting into a rhythm don't lose home ice against Calgary because then it's Scottish era it, it's done if they lose home ice to that team I think they've been outscored 40 to 2 the last games there that's that's a house of horrors <laughs> that's that alone like it's it you you look into those trick mirrors and people jumping out of the corner. It's 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 awful. Have you have you been to Calgary? You guys the the saddle? Yes, I almost uh, well twice fell to my death in the press box as you try to yes. cross that bridge, yes. uh, which it, is it, very un- it, unhealthy. The the intimidation there stretches to the media yes, trying to get yes, to the press box yes, exactly. because you've got it, the the press box. For those that don't know, uh, is sort of in the middle of the building because of the weird shape the saddle uh, and you. When you when you go from the elevator uh, out to the press box, you have to walk in this catwalk, and it good. is one of the signature moments as a media member yes. in the National Hockey League. Uh, let me make sure I have this right before I tweet it out. Uh, Darren Millard thinks the Golden Knights can't catch Calgary and should be more scared of the Oilers and Kings passing them. Uh, I would uh, check under your car before you start it. Send. <laughs> Thanks, Darren. He's Darren Millard, BGK Insider Show. Good to talk to you. Maybe it's on today. Maybe it's not. That's not bad. Yeah, he's finally here. Thanks, Darren. Bye. 8.45 in the morning. Doesn't know if there's a show today. Kids got to get on top of things. It's good life. Just float. Yeah, man. That actually is true. Just roll up. What are we talking about? Hockey? (laughs) All right. I got this. (laughs) What are we talking about? Hockey? All right. We've got... 
NASCAR tickets. Two tickets to yeah. the Pennzoil 400 coming Sunday, March 6th to Las Vegas Motor Speedway. NASCAR coming out here. Full three days, but we got tickets for March 6th. The Pennzoil 400. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. That's 702-364-1100. We will take caller number 9 at 702-364-1100. You'll get tickets to the Pennzoil 400. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is The Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Jared, I'm a bad host. I forgot who you said won the ticket to the NASCAR. Congratulations, Brandon. He is going out to NASCAR. Uh, Pennzoil 400 coming to Las Vegas. Uh, stay tuned later in the show. We will have more tickets to give away tomorrow. For NASCAR. Yeah. Yes. Um, later in the show today, we will have some Mountain West tickets to give away. And again, go to our website. We got the uh, VIP package up there. All you got to do is find the banner in the middle of the page. It says Mountain West Tournament. Uh, and all you got to do is register. And we're going to pick a winner at some point, And you will win a VIP package worth up to $1,500. You get parking, tickets to every game, and access to the hospitality suite. And I, all you got to do is take me with you. That is not accurate. You do not have to take Jared with you. Um, you can... But you do not have to. Pick him up at the 7-Eleven. He'll be the one with the scarf on. <laughs> the ski mask. No, the ski, ski mask. mask. <laughs> do you need a scarf instead? I mean, sc- I, you could use a scarf as both. I mean, I when I moved out to Vegas, I got rid of all my winter clothes because it's I was fair. like, ah, oh, it's it's the desert. Like, now I'm, I've gotten acclimated. I'm like, what is it? Freezing? It's 60 degrees. Call up Brett Lash. We'll get you a Lights FC scarf. Oh, the- They're not very warm scarves, though. Oh, I forgot we got rid of Gruden. We did get rid of Gruden with his Lights FC scarf on it. All right. Um, some sad news yesterday in the Mountain West world. Lawrence Fan um, passed away. He was the uh, SID for San Jose State Athletics, one of their media relations guy, the media relations guy for San Jose State Athletics, and I personally never met Lawrence Fan, but by all accounts, one of the best humans in sports yeah. in college. Sports. Lawrence was Lawrence was an amazing guy. Uh, passed away at sixty-seven, uh, way too soon. I I've known Lawrence for years and years and years, and there wasn't a nicer, more helpful man. Josh Debo tweeted out a a, a a number last night. I think it was Lawrence worked. 500 and maybe one straight San Jose State well, they, football game. They did, that... was it last year or the year before? They did a like a ceremony, a little, you know, thing saying, hey, you know, you've worked 500 straight San Jose I mean, State games, football games. Talk about a, a you know, a, a way to get a sainthood and become a saint to have to go through that many San Jose <laughs> State football games in a row. But Lawrence uh, was known for many things. Um, he was known, uh, obviously, helpful and kind and considerate. He was an incredible guy, but he also uh, was known for a great spice cake that he would make the media each each game of night. And people would think, hey, I'm coming into San Jose. I get Lawrence's spice cake. Mark Ziegler, the Union Tribune, actually wrote a story about it when they were at San Jose State earlier this year about him and the spice cake and kind of this legend around uh, the cake. But um, it was really sad, and it was it was sudden, and it was shocking. It's one of those times where... You know, if you know a person's ill and he's battling something, then, you know, it doesn't come as a huge shock. Um, but yesterday was a complete shock. He had been, they had not seen Lawrence uh, for a few days, and that worried them right away because Lawrence is a workaholic. So he's usually in the in the San Jose State SID offices all day and into the night. Um, you know, look, it's a, I remember uh, carrying one, after one football game with UNLV a couple years ago, helping him carry out boxes because he just didn't have a staff. 
I mean, because their numbers were so low that he didn't have a staff, and he literally would carry all the boxes by himself to this golf cart and have to roll it over to the SID office. It, it's if you want to know about like group of fives and no money, you know, go up to that school and, and look around and see what they have. In fact, I remember a funny word he said or phrase he said. We were in the golf cart and we passed what appeared to be, at least to me at first, like a rec weight room for kids. For like you know, every school has them. Some like you know, the Power Five schools have three levels. You should go to Nike's. I've been in Nike's before, and I was like, is this for all the athletes or no? This is just for the kids. I go, there's three stories here, and it looks like a better weight room than anyone in the world. It's just for the students. I never saw the athletic one, but there was a room with. Uh, you know, weights and treadmills, but it didn't look very, you know, it looked like, you know, kids are going there and work out. I said, oh, are those for the kids? No, that's for all our athlete, our Division One sports. <laughs> and I'm like, man, if people could see this, then they'd understand the haves and have-nots and how we, we've said before in Power Fives, if any group of five ever challenges for a national title or anything, they should just make it the greatest team ever, given the discrepancy in funds these schools have. But um, getting back to Lawrence, he was he was an amazing guy and uh it, you, all you need to do is see the response yesterday. Yeah, on Twitter, that's all you need to see. You needed to see the quote tweets. Not only you know, usually you get retweets and likes. People felt a need to quote the tweet from San Jose and really say their thoughts about Lawrence. And um, I'm glad they did because, as Tyler said, if you didn't know Lawrence and you just looked at Twitter yesterday, you'd be like, "Man, this was some guy." People just went out of their way nationally to uh, kind of um, pay their respects. I do know this year because of COVID, the spice cake. He had them ready to go and individually packaged. <laughs> Think about that. Because you couldn't just walk up and cut a piece out of that. a cake. It's kind of COVID times. But yeah, he apparently had them individually packaged yeah. ready for people to pick up their spice cake. He, he came for a UNLV game. I, our, your, our friend Steve Carp told this story and stayed with Steve. He came in a day early because he needed an oven to make the spice cake. <laughs> so he went to Steve's house and it was a Monday night. And he goes, hey, can you turn on this channel? And Steve says, what are you? Well, you know, wrestling, is it WWE? Is that, I mean, I, I don't yeah, watch or, it yet. Yeah. And Steve's like, you watch this stuff? He goes, oh, I, every Monday night. I still love the theater <laughs> of it. I still love the soap opera drama of it. As the spice cake was cooking in the oven. So he needed to come in a night early yes. for an oven and like WWE yes, Monday wrong. night wrong. Perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> Steve told me that story yesterday. The oven was the best. He needed an oven, so he went over to Steve's house and started making the cake. It was great. I need to borrow your oven. Can you yeah. put that on Airbnb? Just my oven is for rent exactly. for the next few nights. If you need to use it, you're going to have to pay for it. So, uh, Lawrence fan, San Jose State Media Relations, uh, passed away yesterday. Um, but from all accounts, a great guy. Uh, yeah. Tough scene for San Jose State. Uh, it'll be, uh, I guess, a worse place the Mountain West will be without Lawrence fan. Uh, but... Coming up next, we're going to jump back into some NFL here because you guys think Aaron Rodgers is actually making up his mind anytime soon? He says he is, but it'd be nice if he just, you know, told people what his decision actually was for once.